Thank you for listening to Inside the 435. Our show is supported by sponsors and our loyal audience. This episode is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. This podcast is hosted and produced with Anchor. Here is why you should use Anchor to produce your podcast. It's free, no cost to you ever. There are creation tools built into Anchor allowing you to record, edit, and upload your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor takes the tedious and long process of distribution off of your to-do list. Your show will be automatically distributed to Spotify and Apple Podcasts for you. Everyone dreams of making a little bit of money from a podcast. This is made possible by Anchor. With no minimum listenership, you can be offered sponsorships. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do not wait a second longer. Download the free Anchor app, that's A-N-C-H-O-R, or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to Inside the 435, a podcast dedicated to reporting the latest political and business news and giving people of all ideologies a platform to make their voices heard. Before we begin, please follow and share the show with all of your friends and feel free to message us on Instagram at Inside the 435 with any questions that you would love to hear answered on the show. And now, here's your host, Jack Bowie. What's going on, everybody? Hope everything is well. Good evening and happy Valentine's Day or post-Valentine's Day. Uh, It is February 15th, and today we're going to be talking about uh, the impeachment trial. I just kind of want to finish up the impeachment trial and move on from that. Uh, Finish up. Stop talking about Trump, but we we do have to talk about it a little bit um, and kind of wrap things up. Uh, And in future episodes, I want to focus more on current, uh, you know, state of the government uh, and focus more on President Biden because he deserves more respect and attention. Uh, the media has been paying a uh, heck of a lot of attention to President Trump, former President Trump. And I think it's time that we move on from him and from that entire situation. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about uh, finishing up the impeachment trial, talking about uh, COVID and vaccinations, uh, and also talking about schools. And we're also going to talk about the new President Biden administration, start talking about that, because that is uh, very important for us to discuss on this show, you know, in a show where our primary goal is to inform and educate uh, and also um, engage in friendly debate. We need to uh, stay up to date. And as you all know, President Trump, former President Trump, I'm, I'm so used to saying that, been doing the show for a while, uh, you know, 20 episodes now. Uh, former President Trump is no longer in office. So we need to stop uh, paying attention to him and start moving on, I think. But I do want to start with this. Uh, Mitch McConnell. Uh, voted to acquit the president uh, in the 57-43 vote. And in his speech, he criticized Trump and said that there is no doubt that President Trump was responsible for the attack on the Capitol. Here's a quote from him. Uh, he says that the rioters had been fed fault fed wild falsehoods by the most powerful man on the earth because he was angry he'd lost an election former president trump's actions that preceded the riot were a disgraceful disgraceful uh dereliction of duty uh trump is practically and morally responsible for provoking the events of that day but he one voted to acquit i think he voted that he also voted that the trial was unconstitutional um and he publicly denounced the impeachment trial at all. 
um, you know, even even bringing the articles to the House. So where what position are you in to sit and say that Trump is morally, practically uh, responsible for the attacks on the Capitol if you are going to also say that the trial shouldn't be happening and that he should not be impeached? Because it, the, the only problem I have with it is you can say that the trial is unconstitutional, but technically you are not allowed and this is this can be debated by legal scholars. I'm not a legal scholar, but if, my understanding is that you cannot, and, and just common sense tells you, you should not be able to vote to acquit him on the basis that you think the trial is unconstitutional. Because the, the Senate already voted that the trial was constitutional. It was already voted on that this trial should take place. So now going forward, you should be acting on that base that this trial is constitutional. You should be treating this like a, tri a normal trial. Obviously, this isn't a normal trial. It's a Senate impeachment trial, uh, very political. It's not like a criminal trial or a civil trial that you'd see um, you know, now. But it's it still should be treated as, as a trial. You are trying to impeach a president. You are trying to say that he is guilty of crimes. Um, so you cannot... I don't, I don't think it was fair for Senate Republicans to act on the basis of the trial being unconstitutional. I'm fine if you voted that it was unconstitutional, but once it passed, then this trial should go forward as if it's a constitutional trial because that, that's the facts of the case. You can't you know, argue that. But I do want to show you a video uh, before we continue. Trump's lawyer, uh, Michael Vanderveen, all right, he was the uh, impeachment lawyer, the defense attorney. He was laughed at when he was making one a bogus claim. But he mispronounced Philadelphia in a hilarious way, and he was laughed at. And he stood there so incredibly surprised that he was being laughed at. Um, so I'm going to play this video for you right now. None of these depositions should be done by Zoom. We didn't do this hearing by Zoom. These depositions should be done in person, in my office, in Philadelphia. That's where they should be done. I don't know how many civil lawyers are here, but that's the way it works, folks. When you want somebody's deposition, you send a notice of deposition, and they appear at the place where the notice says. That's civil process. I don't know why you're laughing. It is civil process. That is the way lawyers do it. We send notices of deposition. In the I, notice I, would, of I would remind everybody we will have order yeah. in I, I don't the chamber you, during these proceedings. I haven't laughed at any of you, and there's nothing laughable here. Yeah, so I just thought that was pretty funny, just the way that he responded to that, the way he reacted to that. I found it really funny. Now, uh, the defense in this uh, impeachment trial, I, you know, I think I want to talk a little more about it because in my last episode called uh, Acquitted, um, episode number 20, uh, I was not happy. I was very upset. And now I think I can look at it from more of a, um, you know, a, a factual standpoint. The defense in this case did a very horrible job. But at the same time, they did a very good job. And what I mean is they... In how they defended Trump in this case, it was terrible, all right? They did absolutely terribly. There was no chance of that saving him 
uh, if if it was likely that he was going to be convicted. What they did not do, or what they did do, is nothing, and that is why they won this case by doing nothing, by not taking, by taking three out of their sixteen allotted hours for their opening arguments and for their, uh, you know, debate and discussion. They took three of those hours. They went fast, and they didn't give people time to think. And in that way, they won this trial by going at it fast and by not allowing them to hear stuff. The less that the Senate knew and heard and felt emotionally, the better. So that is why they succeeded, but they really did a terrible job. Even a lot of Senate Republicans believe that they did a horrible job in how they defended their client. Um, so I thought it was very funny to see him laughed at because he did a he was a very terrible attorney who did a very terrible job in his position. And I don't think there was any debating that. If you think he did good because he won, then maybe you should have actually have watched the trial because he did very terrible. And they their opening arguments were such a joke that it actually convinced someone to change their vote. Um, but now let's move on to President Trump, former President Trump. Man, I, I'm going to mess that up so many times. Former President Trump uh, is not in the clear yet. Former President Trump has a lot on his, I'm just going to call him Trump. Trump has a lot on his plate legally. This acquittal was not the end, uh, you know, the end of it by any means. Trump's in trouble because of the Georgia election results, um, because of some things that happened in New York. Um, he's, he's still not out of the, out of the water for the insurrection. Um, so he, he's not done. And, and this is, uh, the this information came from an article on on CNN Politics called "This Is Trump's Heaping List of Legal Problems Post Impeachment." I found it very interesting because we all knew that it was not over. And if you thought that it was over, then you know I'm sorry, but it is not. And here, it's not going to affect us much, but it's going to affect you if you like Trump. Okay. Um. So we start with uh, Georgia election results. Trump uh, was recorded on a phone call with the. Uh, I think it was it was either I think it was the Secretary of State or was it the Governor? Um, it was a phone call with it was election officials or the Secretary of State. Yes, yeah, Secretary of State, and he was basically begging for them to find these votes. And I found it so funny that he used the word "find" even after on Twitter when he had Twitter. During the election, he was saying they keep finding these ballots. They, they're, they're creating or finding and dumping these ballots. All right. Nothing was ever found in this election. And if it was, it was because they just found another thing to count. I mean, there's a lot of ballots to count. Anyway, he said he wanted to find, I think it was like 11,000 votes. Um, and that was all recorded. So that could be, you know, he could get in trouble for... Um, like, you know, I don't know what you'd call it, maybe, uh, you know, injecting himself into the election, um, you know, trying to, you know, conspiracy to commit fraud or something like that. Uh, but he, he has to be punished for that. And if Trump doesn't get punished for any of this, then I'm going to be very disappointed with our legal system. There's no reason that somebody, one, can lead an insurrection against the United States as the president and not be impeached. That's a whole other story. And the fact that that occurred, that, that a president led an insurrection against the United States and nothing happened, is very insane to me. So I'm just going to start by saying I cannot believe that happened. 
and that should not happen in a bipartisan country or in a, in a partisan country. But, you know, as we know, our, uh, our Senate is very divided. Our country is very divided. So next, uh, let's move on to this. All right. Uh, the insurrection at the Capitol. Now, is it possible that he faces criminal trials? Because so far we've had hundreds of people who have been charged with crimes for going into the Capitol. So you need to – something needs to happen to, the, to their leader, right? So um, if I were a federal, federal prosecutor – I think this is a federal case, so you need a federal prosecutor. If I were a federal, federal prosecutor and I had a heart, I would be going after Trump very hard on this case. I would be making sure that a grand jury at least hears the case. But the only the hard part about it is it's going to be very difficult. And I'm, I'm you know, if he does face a jury, let's say, to get a grand jury that is unbiased, to get a jury that is unbiased. I mean, everybody knows the situation. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody has an opinion. And everybody has a political party. Okay, if you say you don't think you have a political party, that's just because you don't know it or you don't identify with one. But you have a political party. There is a party that you most that you that you relate to the most. Um, and whether it's what you think or it's not, you know, there there is. So you know, I identify as a Democrat, as a liberal, but it's possible there is a party that you know is a better fit for me that I'm not not aware of. So everybody has a political party. Everybody has a bias, and there's it's it's nearly impossible to find people who don't. So when we're looking at a, a federal case, a criminal case with President Trump, it will be very hard to find a jury, and it will take a long time. And it still will not be a 100% unbiased case. And, you know, obviously we don't know if he's going to face federal, you know, criminal charges, but I think it is 100% necessary. How can he not face criminal charges even after all this? Um, so, I mean, something they pushed in the Senate is he's a private citizen. They use the word private citizen and by they, I'm referring to, uh, Republicans in the Senate. They use the word private citizen. They said, we're trying to impeach, uh, if a private citizen, if he's a private citizen, then how about we try to, we try and convict him in a court of law because that, that is what you do with private citizens who break laws. Um, and that is especially what you do with private citizens who commit treason uh, against the country. Um, so to think that we are at the moment going harder on, uh, you know, the weed guy uh, than somebody who let who you know committed treason, led an insurrection against the United States, is kind of a problem. So if we don't see something happening, then I'm going to be very disappointed, and I'm going to voice my disappointment in the form of one of the episodes. So. Uh, if you don't want to hear me, you know, kind of lash out at myself uh, on the camera, then you should hope that he faces some sort of criminal trial. And, I, you know, I'm not necessarily saying he needs to be convicted, but it needs somebody needs to make an effort. All right, somebody, and I, I bet you somebody will make an effort. Um, but I think it is time that we stop thinking about Trump, move on, because nothing's going to change with, you know, Trump being he's never going to be in office again let's move on to something else let's move on to uh the coronavirus because that is the most real thing right now that we are worried about 
So I'm just going to give some vaccination updates. Uh, according to USA Today, 11.5% of the population of the U.S. have received at least one COVID shot, with 4.2% of people having received both doses of the vaccine. So about 1 in 10 have received the shot, um, and about 1 in 20 have uh, received both doses and are fully vaccinated. We also know that about 24.5% of the shots distributed have not been used yet. So about a fourth of the, or yeah, a fourth of the shots distributed haven't been used yet. And uh, if we go state by state, um, these are states that have received their first dose. Um, 17% of the population. Uh, so here, let's go uh, 12% or more. So these are the states that have 12% or more of their population uh, that have received their first dose. Uh, Alaska, Wisconsin, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, New Mexico, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Washington, D.C., and Connecticut. And then uh, there are a select few states that have uh, between two or between three and seven-ish percent vaccinated uh, or that are fully vaccinated. The state with the most fully vaccinated are uh, Alaska and West Virginia with 7.7 and 7.8. So not many states have a whole lot of people that are fully vaccinated, but a, but a good amount of states are, uh, you know, had, that have received their first dose and pretty pretty in a com- in a comfortable spot right now. So let's talk about the future of what we're going to see this summer. Let's talk about what we're going to see in schools, um, and just all that. So let's talk about schools. So schools right now are starting, especially, you know, where we are in Ohio. Uh, This is where the podcast is based. This is where I live. In Ohio, a lot of schools are starting to go back after spring break or within the month of March, go back to four days a week. We've been a primarily hybrid uh, public school system in Ohio. Uh, And what this is going to mean is twice the amount of kids in the schools, uh, close together as you'd usually be in a school without COVID. Um, the only COVID precaution is going to be cleaning and mask wearing. That is it. You know, obviously being separated as much as we can. It's going to be a pretty normal uh, school life. So what's this going to do with coronavirus? Well, as, you know, if we just think about it, as more people get vaccinated, the less people are going to get infected and, you know, die. So the graph looks like that or, you know, whatever. But then we look at schools, which is more people in schools, more people are going to get it. So when you add those together, I think it's going to be a pretty steady downhill curve. Uh, Yes, there's more people in schools, but more of them are vaccinated, more people are vaccinated, and we're starting to eradicate the disease, um, uh, you know, for the time being. So I don't think it's going to cause that big of a spike. And even if it does, it's not going to be much to worry about because it's going to go down. So schools, that's what's happening with schools, and that's what I'm expecting. And that's what a lot of people are expecting. Now, with this summer and this spring, I expect by mid to late summer that we won't be forced to wear masks everywhere we go. And I bet next school year people won't be wearing masks at all. And we'll be going five days a week. That That is my expectation. Um, I could be very wrong, and I could be completely right. Um, but I bet this summer is going to be a fa- fairly normal summer. Obviously, you know, we're all going to be aware that COVID exists, but I don't think we have much to worry about this summer. I think it's going to be a very, very comfortable summer. 
Um, so if you if you're looking forward to summer, I would continue looking forward to it. Um, but I think today that is that is really all I've got. I just want to you know start you know and and by saying I'm kind of you know getting a little sick of Trump. Um, and I, I kind of want to stop talking about Trump. So these next couple episodes, we're going to try to make it as Bideny as possible. All right, so let's try to do that. Um, let's just talk about policy that Biden's implementing, uh, what Biden's up to, and just other important things that are going on. You know, COVID. Uh, it's it's been pretty terrible weather. Um, you know, all over the country, it is freezing. You know, in Texas, it's freezing. Um, so I'm gonna have a lot of time inside. So my goal is to not miss a single episode for a week. Most likely will not happen, but we're gonna try. So. Uh, thank you very much for watching. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed the new intro at the beginning. Uh, trying to step things up a bit. But uh, my name is Jack Bowie. Please follow the podcast at Inside the 435 on Instagram. And thank you very much for watching, and have a great rest of your night.